John chapter 5. Last time we were together, we studied Jesus and the woman at the well. He didn't fuss at her or condemn her. He just told her to go and sin no more. And if you remember, she ran back to her town and she went to the men. I always think that's funny because I don't think she had any friends. That is, female friends. Because she was living with a man she wasn't married to. But she went to people she cared about, and she told them about the man at the well that knew all about her. And the men rushed out to see who that was. And they believed. And they asked Jesus to come back to their village. And I love it. They said, we believe first because of what the woman said, and then because of what Jesus said. And that's just the way it works today. If you share your faith and share the gospel with somebody, they believe because of what you say, then they'll hear Jesus' voice, and they'll believe because of him. And after that, Jesus went to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. In chapter 5, Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was a Bethesda pool. It was a swimming pool. And there were five covered platforms or porches surrounding it. And crowds of sick people, lame, blind, or with paralyzed limbs, lay on the platform. They waited for a movement of the water. For an angel of the Lord came from time to time and disturbed the water... And the first person to step down into it afterwards was healed. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew how long he had been ill. Remember, we've studied many times that Jesus knows everything about us. He knows all about us. And why we would ever think we could hide anything from him is beyond me. But he knew that man was there. Just as he knew the woman was going to be at that well at that time of day. And he knew that she had read the scriptures. And she was looking for the Messiah. Even though she was a Samaritan and they were considered unclean by the Jews. Jesus knew this man had been there. And he knew how long. And he asked a question that really would seem kind of silly. Would you like to get well, he said. Now the man was laying there. And I guess he was hoping he could be the first one to get into the pool when the angel troubled the water. So you would say, of course he wants to get well. But that's not what he said. He said, I can't. I don't have anybody to help me. And he said, the the pool at the movement, so the water, I try to get there, but somebody gets ahead of me always. Now, what's he doing? He's really feeling sorry for himself. He said, you see, I can't. I mean, I'm laying here, and I know the first one in there would get healed, but somebody's always getting ahead of me. And then I just love what Jesus did. 
He said, stand up. Not only stand up, roll up your mat and walk. Now, that's quite a command for a man that's been lame 38 years. Jesus commanded him to do the impossible. But, there's that word but, it was on the Sabbath when this miracle was done. And the Jewish leaders objected. These are the religious leaders. And this poor man has been there 38 years. And because it was the Sabbath, they objected. They said to the man that was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. It's illegal to carry that sleeping mat. They knew who he was. They knew he had been healed. Instead of rejoicing that the man could not only walk but carry his mat, they got on him for carrying it on the Sabbath. And the man who had been healed said, well, the man that healed me told me to roll it up and take it. Who would say such a thing as that, they demanded. You know, what's hard to realize when something really great happens to you, very few people care. They just don't care. And that's the hardness of the heart of man. And the man didn't know who it was. And Jesus disappeared into the crowd. But it says afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him. You see, Jesus disappeared, but he kept his eyes on this man. He said to him the same thing he said to the woman at the well. Now you're well, don't sin as you did before, or something worse may happen to you. And then the man went to find the Jewish leaders and told them, it was Jesus that healed me. So they began harassing Jesus as a Sabbath breaker. Isn't that amazing? But Jesus replied, My Father constantly does good, and I'm following his example. And we must remember that God the Father is always doing good. It doesn't look good, and it doesn't always feel good, but it is always good. Now the Jewish leaders, they were getting more angry as the day went on. They were all the more eager to kill him, because in addition to disobeying the Sabbath laws, he had spoken of God as his father making himself equal with God. That's religion. Jesus replied, The Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing and in the same way. For the Father loves the Son 
and tells him everything he's doing. And the son will do far more awesome miracles than this man's healing. What is he talking about? He will die on a cross to take away every sin of anyone who believes him. He will even rise from the dead. Anyone that wants to, just as the Father does, raise from the dead. God will raise anyone from the dead that he wants to. And the Father leaves all judgment of sin to his Son. So that everyone will honor the Son just as they honor the Father. But if you refuse to honor God's Son, whom he sent to you, then you are certainly not honoring the Father. You honor the Son of God to honor his Father. If you don't honor Jesus as the Son of God, you don't honor God, the Father of Jesus. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus cleared the way for God to hear our prayers. And then he said, I say emphatically, anyone who listens to my message and believes in God who sent me has eternal life. That's present tense. You see, when you receive Jesus, you receive eternal life. You don't get it when you die. You have it at the moment of your spiritual rebirth. And will never be damned for his sins. But has already passed out of death into life. The minute Jesus Christ comes into your life, you go from death into life. That's because, as I've told you before, you have one birth, you have two deaths. You have two births, and you have one death. Because death means separation from. And until you have the second birth, you're separated from God by your sins. But the minute you're born again, your sins are gone. And you're never, ever separated from God. You die physically. Everybody that's been born is going to die unless the rapture occurs. And when you die physically, you're separated from your body. But your soul and your spirit are in heaven. And one day, that body will come out of the grave and be joined with your soul and your spirit and be transformed into a perfect body. And then he said, I solemnly declare, the time is coming when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. He's speaking of the rapture, because we're told the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we which are alive will join them to be with them forever. 
The Father has life in himself and has granted his Son to have life in himself and to judge the sins of all mankind because he is the Son of Man. So don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves shall hear the voice of God's Son and rise again. Those who have done good to eternal life and those who have continued in evil to judgment. And I want to emphasize all will be raised from the dead and all will be judged. Those that have received Christ will have eternal life. And those that did not receive him will be doomed. And then he said, I pass no judgment without consulting the Father. I judge as I'm told. You see, Jesus was totally obedient to God the Father. And my judgment is absolutely fair and just. For it is according to the will of God who sent me, and not merely my own. You see, Jesus lived in total obedience to his Father. And he would have us live in total obedience to him. Jesus said, when I make claims about myself, they aren't believed. But someone else says, John the Baptist is making those claims for me too. You've gone out to listen to his preaching. And I assure you that all he says about me is true. But the trusted witness I have is not from a man. Though I have reminded you about John's witness so that you will believe in me and be saved. John shone brightly for a while, and you benefited and rejoiced. But I have a greater witness than John. I refer to the miracles that I do. These have been assigned to me by the Father, and they prove that the Father has sent me. You see, the witnesses, the testimony of John the Baptist, the miracles that Jesus performed proved who he was, proved who he was. And we have plenty of proof. The invisible things of the world prove there is a God. And we have the Word of God to testify to the truth about who Jesus is, because He is alive and seated at the right hand of God the Father. Thank you for listening. God bless you.